0: This is Unstable Topics.
1: In the darkest corners of the internet, a nameless, formless entity has been growing. No one dares question where it was created or what it wants, but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-curdling name in unison. Horror Movie Night. Find Horror Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at hmnpodcast.com.
2: Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out We Know From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, We Know is a one stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Weird Algorithm. This, I I would say, is probably the first true episode of the podcast.
3: Episode one. The other one was a pilot. That yes. was our pilot episode. Yes, 100% right?
2: industry lingo only. That's the way I would put it. Let's start off with this. We're about to we're about to start with the first Weird Al album, self title release, Weird Al Yankovic. Before we dive into this track, where what are your thoughts on the album as of right now? As of right now, I I'm a defender of this record. I know that Same. people
3: don't you know, it's interesting to listen to because it's definitely not fully formed for him and I, you can you get the sense that he's trying new things and I feel like really in 3D is where you get fully formed Al as we know him now. But this record as a starting point, as in him like testing the waters musically and kind of finding his voice as a songwriter, I'm fascinated by it. I think it's really interesting. I think he does some musical things in here that he actually does not go back to again, which makes it really unique in his catalog. The songs are probably not the funniest.
2: <laughs> no. But,
3: but at this point in my life, that's not my top priority when I'm listening to Al and I'm I'm into how fascinating some of the choices he makes are and in, on this record, especially on the originals. There's some really really interesting stuff.
2: Yeah, I really like this album. I've heard that even Al doesn't like this album. Yeah. I don't think it's his greatest, but I think it is far from his worst album, honestly. I I think that like you said it's very interesting it's definitely his darkest. Super in dark. Just lyrical tones and musically, it's like really weird. I'm excited for us to get to the closing track. I think the closing track is one of the darkest songs he's ever recorded. Well, I was going to say, talking about
3: Al liking this you know, years ago, and actually he's about to go do it again, but I saw him when he did the, the Vanity tour and he was only playing the originals. And this record was really neglected. I think on the entire tour, the two that he played were Happy Birthday... And Mr. Frump. he did not do any of the others, and I like I was talking to friends of mine because, and again, not to jump the gun too much, but like there are some of his originals on this record that are really, really good, and clearly he's not <laughs> he's he's not into it so much anymore, which is fair enough. I mean, you you grow a lot as an artist, and I I understand some of the early stuff can be cringy to look back on,
2: but yeah, I I mean I, again, I won't play my hand too early, but yeah. there are at least two as of right now. I haven't re-listened to the album yet. Mm-hmm. I've just listened to the first track. But my recollection is that there are at least two originals that I think are among some of his strongest. So we'll I'm all... going to bet that we agree on what they are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm excited to see how that plays out. But yeah. we're going to start. So a few quick facts about this album. First of all, it's the first album produced by Rick Derringer, uh, which became a relationship that Al had for decades i want to say put this out on rock and roll records in 1983 not as many parodies as a normal owl release there's only five direct parodies and then seven originals yeah but the thing that i think is noteworthy about this album and it's kind of what i like about this album and i wish that he would go back to this a little bit is every track has an accordion on it it's true Every, every single one and i Think that that adds such a cool layer to these songs in in a very punk rock way. There's a moment in the music video where I was like, "Dude, Weird Al's punk rock." (laughs) album charted at number 139 on the billboard hot 200 uh, and critically it received lukewarm reviews in fact many of the reviewers at the time felt that weird al was just a throwaway act who would not be able to overcome the stigma of releasing a novelty debut record Mm. Um, oh how wrong they were (laughs) (laughs) another
3: interesting random thought just about this record it's the only album that does not feature jim west on guitar Really? Rick Derringer plays all the guitars on this record. He joined very early on because he's in the music video for Ricky. Um, But Jim West was not in the band uh, when they made this record. So Rick Derringer is playing all the guitars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the
2: only album that has that variation in the lineup. Super interesting. I love the Mad Magazine inspired artwork too. I think this is, for my money, this might actually be my favorite Weird Al album cover. The album cover is
3: extremely punk rock and super (laughs) interesting because it does have a lot of his, you know, if you look closely at it, it, you see all of his like references and how, you know, goofy it is and there's comedy in it. But on the surface, if you just looked at this in a bin, you'd think this was, you know, any number of like kind of DIY, you know, punk rock albums of the uh, 70s or 80s. Which is great.
2: I'd have to double check, but I'm pretty sure that almost every single song is represented somewhere in the bedroom on the album cover as well. I think that's like probably right. Yeah. Like I think like I Love Lucy is on the television and there's like a check on the ground and of course, like an iron yeah. lungs. Some like there's I think he found a way to put almost everything in there. Um, but what we're breaking down is the opening track and also his first music video, Ricky.
0: You're so fine, you're so fine, you blow my mind, hey, Lucy.
2: Hey, Lucy. It was a parody of Mickey by Tony Bissell. I think that's how it's pronounced. Uh she was a choreographer, actress, and a one-hit wonder, something mm-hmm. in my heart. What are your thoughts on the song Mickey first? Let's start there.
3: You know, I don't mind this song. I know this is someone told me a while ago, i I think this was out with Weedis at one point, just talking about like people have songs that you have a viscerally negative reaction to. Yeah. <laughs> and someone told me that Mickey was one of those songs where they were like, the second that they this song starts, they are furious, which I find <laughs> fascinating. I just, I don't know, like, I, it's interesting to me when a song can hit you that hard, whether it's positive or negative. But I don't mind it. I don't know, this reminds me, uh, Mickey always reminds me of like roller skating parties in the fourth grade or something like that. Um, that uh, it would play like you know right after YMCA. Um, <laughs> it o-
2: it always makes you think of Wayne's World because there's that scene there where go. he's That's driving in the too, car yeah. and he can't stop singing it. Like yeah, but I so I'm kind of with you. I know there are people who absolutely despise the song. I don't mind it. I actually yeah. think that Tony herself just seems like a really cool person. She's taken some really Like, you look at, like, the movies that she's done and, like, what she's done with her career, and she's made a lot of moves that someone in her shoes wouldn't have taken, which I think is cool. She did a lot of, like, weird horror films. She choreographed a lot of weird stuff. Uh, So she seems pretty cool to me. I actually think I like the song... I think that Weird Al's Ricky made me like the song Mickey more, in a weird way. <laughs> that that might be true for me too, because
3: again, this we talked in the um, you know previously about an early Al album for me was the TV album, which this was on. It took me a long time as a fan before I actually heard the debut album in full. That yeah. was like, I was late to the full albums for him, but I had the TV album and this was on it. might've even been track one on it. I can't remember. Oh, maybe not. Maybe Bedrock Anthem was number one. Anyway, uh, we can go back to that later. But this was, yeah, no, I, I I heard this really early on and it probably did make me, then when I was at that, party roller skating party and mickey came on i'd be like uh uh-huh, yeah that's weird al in
2: the music video there's this moment and and we're gonna do a more of a full breakdown of the music video but but there's a point in the music video where a door opens and there's al with the band and they are rocking out and mm. that is the moment where i'm like this is really punk rock to me yeah like just the way he's playing that accordion with such aggression and like they're just like it it literally looks like footage of like if you found footage of a band playing at CBGBs right like they're just I was just going to say together. the way that the door gets kicked open and the band is there like if the, if you the door got flew
3: open and the ramones were standing there you'd be like yeah this makes total sense like exactly. that's what it looks like it should be
2: it it makes so much sense Yeah. but i think what helped is that they're playing this song just a little bit more aggressive than the original recording and it yeah. gives it that edge, but like I really think that like before I really got into the song Ricky, when I would hear Mickey, I would just think of the cheerleader chant. Right. Yeah. I would just think, oh, Mickey, you're so fun. <laughs> but it's like the melodies in this song are awesome, yeah. actually. Like that Agreed. guitar riff, that <laughs> da 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 da, 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 yeah. da like that's great. And it's like um the the technically the chorus are like da like I think that people get turned off by that opening cheerleader part and don't realize how awesome the rest of this song actually is. I totally agree. I, I really do think this is a super fun song. I think it probably,
3: you know, talking about like negative reviews for this record, I, for this to be his first music video, it is probably tough because even at the time this came out, this was kind of like, you know, this is a word we're probably gonna use a lot. This got labeled as a novelty song. I'm talking about Mickey was, yeah. was a novelty track. And now Al comes on as this new person who's doing a parody of a novelty song already. (laughs) And that's like, again, in terms of like an early attempt to be, I guess he doesn't seem to care if people take him super seriously. He does what he wants to do and you know, the idea of being taken seriously doing what he does is, that's a tough battle no matter what. But this must have been a difficult spot to start in for him. And people must have seen this and just immediately thought, like, ah, this is just a a throwaway of a throwaway, probably especially at the time, you know?
2: Yeah. I I think the other really weird thing to think about is that his debut single features guest vocals, which is like not a normal thing in the rest of his career. I was just going to say, now,
3: this is a good like exercise, right? Like, how many songs of his ever have had guest vocals? I can only think of one more. I'm trying to think. Because there are really like, <laughs> it is not a thing that he has done. No, it's, it's crazy. Not,
2: what's what's the one that you can
3: think the of? The only other one I can think of is Mr. Popiel. Oh yeah, It's the only other one I can think of that has the lady uh, vocal,
2: like the counterpoint, yeah, uh, back and but, forth. And like you get like those weird ones, like the dude from Dire Straits insisting to play the guitar part on on yes. the, that parody or something. But you're like, as far as vocals go, it is Al and his band.
3: Consistently. Consistently. Um, and maybe I'll, 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 we'll check this later. Maybe I'm wrong. Someone listening to this maybe can correct me, but I don't, I can't think of another example of a guest vocal on a song of his other than those two, which is. No, I, I think yeah.
2: you're absolutely right on that. Um, I also want to also bring up while we're talking about the guest vocals that this is uh, Tris McNeil. I hope I'm pronouncing that properly. I am awful mm-hmm. with people's names. Uh, <laughs> If her voice sounds familiar, it's probably because you grew up in the 80s and 90s. Um, She had a very successful voice acting career. She's still a successful voice actor uh, doing such things as Land Before Time, DuckTales, Futurama, The Simpsons, Tiny Toon Adventures, and Rugrats. Uh, With a lot of voice actors, they usually have like their two go-to voices. Trish usually... I feel like she, like she did the voice of Babs Bunny. I feel like that voice is a very common hmm. voice of hers, which is kind of like an upbeat, peppy voice. I'm also pretty sure, I didn't get a chance to double check this, but I'm pretty sure she's also your go-to voice actress for like a, char- a, f- a female character that's been smoking a bunch and has a low <laughs> voice. Like, like I feel like she does a lot of those characters. It's so true. I, I'm <laughs> I'm actually, uh, I'm doing a quick check right here. because Like I want to say she was mom in Futurama
3: she was on Futurama but the one I was thinking of and it complete it's exactly what you just pointed out she does the voice of lunch lady Doris on the Simpsons yep. 100%
2: yeah that's, she's got so those that's two two exactly
3: voices. it that that was the reference that I was looking for for myself <laughs> so funny
2: uh, but yeah I I think that sure I think her voice on this is fantastic honestly yeah. I I think that they do and we'll get into this when we slide into the music video discussion too but like they really do a great job of recreating Rick and Lucy's voices for this song. They do. It's also interesting. It's another, like, Al is singing
3: in a slightly different, like, he's putting on a character in his voice, which is also not something he does that often, no. especially not in the later records. He really tends to sing everything just in his own voice. Just a general note about the first album is it's the only one, you know, they, they became so disciplined about when they did a parody, they matched the original flawlessly yeah and the first album this is as you pointed out it's all accordion so this is the only one I'm again I'm the only one I the best I can tell where it seems like they really tried to do they didn't they weren't so precious about matching the original they put their own spin on these tracks yeah they got a little
2: weird on it exactly exactly (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. but it it, I really think again when I when I think of this particular parody like again when we were talking about with with how good the melody is of the original song is having that accordion over top of it just makes sense in a weird way it totally does it doesn't feel out of place even a little bit and you know there's a couple other parodies on this album that we're going to talk about where it's not that it I mean it it's not like it feels out of place but it doesn't blend as beautifully as I feel like the accordion blends into this song agreed agreed you know this it 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 does work
3: really really well just right putting their own like weird oh my god the every time we say the word weird i'm gonna feel silly uh (laughs) but i mean it's fitting (laughs) it it just is i mean this how else are we gonna talk about some of this stuff it works really well there's moments of this when i hear it that i actually feel like i would love to hear other versions of some of the other parodies that had some of this energy on it i admire to no end like how much they have uh Their ability on the later records to copy the sounds of the original is mind blowing in some cases. And we'll get to all of that. But on this album, the fact that they do have their own energy is there, like their own personality is on the track so much more is super cool. Yeah, it makes me feel a little conflicted, honestly. In some cases, I actually like, you know, I I prefer it in some ways.
0: This is Unstable Topics.
1: In the darkest corners of the internet, a nameless, formless entity has been growing. No one dares question where it was created or what it wants, but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-curdling name in unison.
2: Horror
1: movie night. Find Horror Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at hmnpodcast.com.
2: There again, to to throw back to the punk rock thing that we were saying earlier, like there are elements of this where it doesn't feel too far off from like a punk goes cover. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's a little bit faster, it's a little bit more aggressive, it's a little bit more demented and strange in its presentation, but like you know what it is. Like, if you oh, took yeah. out the vocals and were just listening to it musically, you'd be like, yeah, that's Mickey. Exactly, yeah, yeah, it's it, true. It's, it's really interesting. The The other thing that I want to give a, a shout-out to on the actual track before we talk music video is I love the seamless way that it just transitions into a cover of the I Love Lucy theme song at the I end. I was going to say the same thing. Another interesting move that I <laughs> they've never
3: really done that in any other way. Like, they've actually yeah they they segue into this other thing they play the I love Lucy theme song at the end. They are having a lot of fun with the material. <laughs> it's the only thing I can think of to describe it they're having so much fun with what they have to work
2: with. This is a great opener like this is, is a great opening track to announce totally <laughs> like, totally yeah uh, so unless we have any other notes about the uh, or thoughts about the actual song, Let's talk about the music video. Yes. Because I kind of love this music video. <laughs> like like it's not, it's it's very obviously his first music video. There's yes. like zero budget in this thing. When I think of Weird Al videos, I think of like nonstop cuts, right? Like it. <laughs> this thing lingers on shots. I was shots. just going to say, I'm so glad you said that because there's really funny, like they clearly
3: did not have that much footage and there are s- <laughs> multiple shots that linger for too long and you're just like,
2: I don't know why they cut it that way, or they'll just loot the same moment like exactly. a couple times. Like it's, exactly, I'm obviously not saying that this is as bad as something like this, but it, it's got almost that Plan Nine charm of like yes, they're trying. Like this, is, oh yeah, this isn't like we're making a bad music video on purpose. Like they're like we've got probably twenty dollars and two hours <laughs> to make this video, yeah, and they're just like going at it, and I and I think. You get these little cool things you get like Dr. Demento's in the final shot. You have yeah. the cheerleader that's just randomly there because it's a parody of Mickey like yep. You've got those little elements where you're you're seeing what would become like the bigger picture of like a normal Al music video because I'm trying to think but really this and maybe like you know two or three other videos in the early days are some of the only music videos of his where it really isn't that much of a style parody of the actual music video that the song is based on. You know what I mean? It doesn't look anything like the Mickey video. That's a really good point. I had not considered that. You're
3: right, because later on, when he does the video parody of a song, the video is always... It's a video parody as well. He's doing them both at the same time. And in this instance, they really don't bother with that at all. Because again, I'm picturing the Mickey video... In my head, which I remember very well. That's just the white room cheerleaders. white room dancing. with cheerleaders running around, yeah. Um, and in this, they opted instead to do the recreating scenes from Isle <laughs> Love Lucy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's so interesting.
2: Uh, I also have to say that the, the child actor that they have playing Ricky Jr. is a truly <laughs> horrible actor. <laughs>
3: like, yeah, yeah. I, it definitely has the vibe of a video where it was just like, "Who's around
2: to put into this shot?" Because the kid has no emotion on his face whatsoever. No, when he's very monotonely playing the drums in the beginning, or yeah. like, play, like I think that they knew. Because that kid shows up maybe twice in the whole video. They're like, this kid, <laughs> "This kid sucks." Yeah, you can envision a scenario where that they
3: had more footage of this kid. They were like, "Oh my god, this is this is rough. We gotta just just loop the <laughs> shot of
2: Lucy one more time instead of using that one." But I do think, like I said, that that scene, to me, like you know how they talk about you know the first time that people saw the smells like teen spirit video and like you see this band rocking out in the cafeteria or in the gymnasium and you're just like and that was when like nirvana grabbed the world's attention yeah i still i obviously this was not the case for society but like i was into weird al yankovic i liked his songs i thought he was funny i remember watching that vhs tape and again, I'm going to bring it up again. That scene where that door opens up and those dudes are rocking out. I was like, I want to be this man, like, because it was yeah. so, it was so fucking confident. Yeah, like you know what I mean, like yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that Al's going to hate how much I curse on this podcast about him. I should really work on that. But <laughs> that's but all right. Like, that's all right. But like, there was something about it. Watching it from the perspective of like I described my Saturday. I was a nerdy, dorky kid. And, like, Mm -hmm. as much as I loved rock music, it felt like I would never, like, I would watch Nirvana, I would watch these music videos for, like, Stone Temple Pilots and Smashing Pumpkins, and I would love those songs, but I would think those dudes, if I was in a band, those dudes would absolutely (laughs) hate me. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But you watch Weird Al, and you're like that's my people. I mean, it's kind yeah. of a lot of, you know, to, to bring up the band that you're in, but like, that's the same vibe I felt when I saw Weezer for the first time. It's when mm-hmm. I heard Weezer for the first time where it's like, these are my people. They understand D and D and comic books and stuff. <laughs> I just yeah. couldn't imagine that Scott Weiland was playing D and D and reading X-Men in the, in the tour bus. It's but so like, true. <laughs> I mean, no, you're, you're exactly right.
3: I, uh, and I honestly, I had the exact same experience cause I was not a cool kid by any means. And I was, you know, weird and I had dorky interests and it seems like at least from a lot of angles that you know rock and roll music and punk rock all of this stuff was too cool for someone like me or like us or like yeah. so many people and Al was a great example of feeling like it was not so exclusive it was inclusive and you felt like you could be part of it and you could enjoy it and open so many doors to so many other bands and artists that had a similar approach like I I never I never identified with the like super macho masculine side of rock music Al was a really really big deal in terms of bridging that gap and making it feel like you could actually there were people like you who enjoyed you know this type of sense of humor or just I don't know just didn't take it so seriously or so uh, weren't so aggro about it same as uh, you, I felt like that. Like there's a whole community of people who I would have been terrified to be around.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and Al no. did not feel that way. I, I I feel the the there are so many. There are so many musicians who I love and have zero interest in ever meeting. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, my god! Oh my god! I, I think about that all the time. I, <laughs> well, I did a. Um, you have so many more opportunities to bump into. And, them and I have
3: honestly, like, I have declined. <laughs> I, it has actually happened to me. We we did. Uh, we just played a festival in the UK a few years back, and it was a multi-day festival, and each day kind of had a different theme. And the day before we played, the headliner was Black Sabbath. Yeah, like one of their last, I think it was the last show they played in the UK, at least allegedly the last show. Yeah. And our tour manager was there and he said, he was like, do you want me to try to get you backstage to meet? We, we were already watching on the side. Like it was, yeah. we were very close. He's like, do you want me to get you backstage to meet Black Sabbath? And I was like, no.
2: Yeah.
3: What what would I what am have I am I going to gonna say? say to these people? Yeah. Like I have not, like I'm a huge fan and I love their music, but it's just like, there is no way I'm going to walk away from that situation thinking anything other than like, I'm such an idiot. I'm such an idiot. I can't, what, 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 what was I
2: saying? You don't want to become Chris Farley show, right? Like yes. that's like your thing. You don't want to become Chris Farley show previously mentioned on this episode. You don't want to become Wayne and Garth meeting Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and that's something that I've put into thought. Like, because I I do a lot of conventions and like I have friends who are so excited to like drop 50 bucks sometimes a hundred bucks for like a photo opt and a quick conversation with like John Kuzak or or any of these people yeah I love John Kuzak yeah I think that the first like The first, like, 10, 15 films he did are, like, all among some of my favorite movies ever made. I don't want to talk to him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I I agreed completely. But, like, if you flip side is, like, hey, here's Savage, like, you know, Savage Steve Holland or here's, like, Cameron Crowe. Like, yeah, I'll take that conversation. Sure. (laughs) Like... Because yeah. I could talk about stuff with them. Like, Savage Steve Holland seems like the biggest animation nerd on the planet. I could mm-hmm. sit and talk to him about cartoons for 10 minutes and feel sure. really satisfied. I have a feeling that anything you want to talk to John Cusick about, he'd be like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And there's something to be said for
3: just like having those people exist the way that they do in your mind and not ha- having a- the opportunity to tarnish it.
2: If you could promise me that I would meet Lane Meyer. Then like, yeah, I would go and meet Lane Meyer, but I'm not meeting Lane Meyer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's early in the podcast run, but it's it's worth asking this question because I know that I was a Weird Al fan and I was also a ska music fan. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you were a Weird Al fan and yes. also a Scott music fan. Yes. Did we both end up having like a Hawaiian t-shirt phase in our life? <laughs> You know, sadly, I did not. Oh, I did. I I, I didn't.
3: (laughs) I I was never... This is a... I mean, we can get... Like, I I never even had, as a kid, especially in school, I didn't even have the self-confidence to wear that like I I, I was <laughs> my, my entire uh childhood was just like how can I blend into the background as much as I that possibly is true. can the
2: Hawaiian shirt is like screaming through the hallway it, it is demanding
3: <laughs> attention and I did not want that much attention that was more attention than I was interested in so I, I avoided that sort of thing but I in hindsight I kind of wish I had you know oh yeah I guess I I it's not too late I could start wearing Hawaiian shirts now
2: dude I had <laughs> closets of Hawaiian t-shirts and tie-dye shirts the The fact that I have never touched a drug would have been shocking to anybody who <laughs> saw me wandering the hallways. The, so the only other big thing that I want to kind of talk about yes. or, or touch upon with this music video is, again, like, we have Tress and Al playing the characters of Rick and Lucy, and once again, looking fantastic. Agreed. Um, And it's also really strange to think about, for what you think of 80s Weird Al... That the very first music video, he doesn't have the mustache, he doesn't have the curly hair, I he know. doesn't have the Hawaiian yeah. shirt.
3: <laughs> it's <laughs> super funny because he, yeah, he had, especially at that time period, that image was so iconic to him. I, I read actually right before we started that little thing that like they shot the scene of the band playing first so that after that he could shave his mustache to be Ricky.
2: Yeah, that makes so sense. So
3: the scene of them in the room, he did, he does have more of his traditional, like the big hair and the mustache. And then after they shot that, he shaved it so that he could play. The character of Ricky. I also loved I had just like and this is in both the, the track and the video. For whatever reason, when I heard this as a kid, the thing that I thought was the funniest of this track was the ridiculous over the top, like fake laugh that Al does at the yeah. end. Yeah. As Dude, the I Love Lucy credit is ending and he's so he, oh, oh, oh. good. <laughs> that really got me every time, and I still think that's really funny. Like the look on his face in the video as he does that laugh, he's got
2: this wide eyed, like serial killer look in his eyes, and it's just great. So <laughs> Obviously, first song that we're really talking about. So all we've got is a baseline right now. Sure. Currently, it's our number one parody. And Currently, it's our number video. one parody.
3: Congratulations to Ricky for being the number one parody. This will not last very long, I don't think. But at the moment, yeah. And actually, on this record, I don't know. It might stick around for a little. I while. was
2: gonna say. I'm looking at the other the other four parodies. I, yeah. I think this one might be hanging around as my number one parody for a little <laughs> That's bit. That's
3: interesting. Maybe. I, I, I'm i going to have to make some uh, quick, difficult decisions, I think, because this is one of the more well-thought-out of the parodies on this record because um, a couple of the other ones feel so much more... They're they're more like kind of rough and tumble. They're less produced. They're they're less like, you know, well-recorded as songs and stuff, but I also do have a soft spot for them, so I don't know. We'll see. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm interested to see how this plays out. Well, Matt, That's one down. Oh, my God. I think you said 185. 184
3: more, something like that. (laughs) That's no big deal. We'll be fine.
0: (laughs) Well, and the
2: other thing that we should note, so so a little like wizard behind the curtain, behind the scenes thing is that if you're listening to this show, there's a good chance you've heard any of my other shows. So you know that I've got a full plate of podcasting. Mm -hmm. And Matt is in a band that tours pretty often and sometimes in completely different countries. So... (laughs) we're going to do the very weird task sometimes of trying to knock out like a full album over like a day or two (laughs) in recording sessions. These first like 13 episodes, it's just Matt and I, but we are hoping uh, to get some really cool guests on here once we get into like the in 3D era and beyond. So, stay tuned. I I think that we've got some pretty cool people that we're thinking about reaching Agreed. out to that will absolutely say yes. I think they will. <laughs> I
3: was, I know we talked about this right away. I know a handful of people in my life who I think would love nothing more than to sit down with us and do a very deep dive on of a handful one of weird out. Uh, yeah. uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of, you know, I-, I don't think there's a single musician friends that I have who does not have at least one Al song who, you know, would they would say that it was a monumental thing when they discovered it.
2: <laughs> Actually, let me ask you this question before we sign off, and I don't yeah. want you to tell me the answer. Okay. Or, or tell me yes or no. Have you ever been in a band that has covered a Weird Al song? Yes. Okay. Don't tell me what song I won't get say any more episode. than that. I won't say any more, <laughs>
3: um, but I have. And it was, I'll leave it at this. We did, we thought it would be a fun idea, and it was, getting it right was brutal. (laughs) It was so such a painful process, and everyone thought it was gonna be like, this will be so fun, and it was like, almost a nightmare to
2: get everyone (laughs) together on it. I cannot wait until you reveal which one that is for (laughs) us one day. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, stay tuned. It could be, who knows, it could have been a song off of mandatory fun. You gotta wait a hundred and something It might take a long time, (laughs) (laughs) we'll see. All right, well, thanks for joining me again, Matt. Thank you. Hailing from the Garrettscape. Welcome,
1: one and all, to Masters of the Media. In a land of pop culture podcasts, I, filmmaker Garrett Priones, and my quote unquote co host, Jack Watson, look at the
2: why of the stories we love and figure out why they connect with us. The show is all about loving the media you love and appreciating the underappreciated. It's a celebration of storytelling and also two pals making each other laugh at random impressions and the silliest things you can imagine. You can find Masters in the Media on all your favorite podcatchers and right here on the GeekScape Network. We hope to see you all on the GeekScape.
0: You're listening to the GeekScape Network. This is Unstable Topics.
1: In the darkest corners of the internet, a nameless, formless entity has been growing. No one dares question where it was created or what it wants, but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-curdling name in unison horror movie night find horror movie night on your favorite podcasting app or at hmnpodcast.com
0: you're listening to the geekscape network